It's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. I hear you're a priest. Yes. I guess you believe in hell, then. For a brief time, I served in a small parish in England. Every Sunday after Mass, I would see a young boy waiting at the back of the church. And then one day, the boy confessed to me that he had beaten his dog to death with a shovel. And he said the dog had beaten his baby sister on the cheek. And he needed to protect her. And he wanted to know whether he would go to hell for this. I told him that God would understand. That he would be forgiven. As long as he was sorry. But the boy did not care about forgiveness. He was only afraid that if he did go to hell, that dog would be there waiting for him. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited. I am one half of this podcast, Ben Beck. And I am the other 75%, Kristen Howell. (laughs) (laughs) This episode, we continue on approaching the end of season two, covering episode 22, three minutes, Trace Minutos. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, penultimate episode of season two, as next week we are doing the... uh, the two-part finale, which is, for the life of me, already forgot the title. Uh, Live Together, uh, Die Alone. Oh, that's right. Don't <laughs> you worry. I got, it. I got you, boo. <laughs> you, you even mentioned it to me when we were doing prep. And I should know it because that's like a classic line from the series. But I I had a brain fart. It's all right. It's fine. So uh, we apologize. We're coming to you a couple hours late. Ordinarily, we bring these to you on Friday morning. You're you're able to listen to them Friday morning, but uh, it's going to be Friday afternoon. By the time you're hearing this, uh, life happens. That's all I'm going to say. So, yes, uh, <laughs> apologies for the delay in the podcast, but we're still bringing it to you on Friday, which is all that matters. Uh, and the only other note I have before we start the discussion is, as always, this is a spoiler full podcast. We will talk about things from the past as well as things from the future of the series. So if this is your first watch of the series, we apologize ahead of time for any spoilers that may come about. And Especially last week. I think last week oh my we, God. we basically <laughs> talked about spoilers. I think we talked about everything for the rest of the series last yeah, week. Last week, last week was an interesting one, that's for sure. <laughs> it, hey, man, it, it whatever happens, we didn't get any complaints from anybody that we spoiled anything for them. So, you know, I think most of our listeners know by now that that's the case for the yep. show. So, but next week's going to be fun because again, it's the uh, the two part finale, and which you and I were just talking before we started. I, I almost jumped right into it after watching this episode. Yeah, so I started watching the episode last night and I finished it up this morning uh, before we started recording and it, you know, Hulu just goes right into the next episode and usually I just turn it off or whatever and this time I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch it. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's how I was too. Because like, then I get I'm, confused. I'm gonna wait. Yeah. I'm going to wait, especially considering it's a two-parter. Like if it was only a one-part finale, you might be able to differentiate uh, in your notes what it is but you're gonna have more finale than this episode if you go into the finale and yeah you're right some things could probably get confusing right so it works out but let's dive into things and let's talk about this episode three minutes which yes. again penultimate episode of the season and kind of you know I, i'm not gonna say lackluster because there is some things that happen in this episode that definitely lead towards a setup of the finale, but not a lot, really. You know, I I really, really, really love this episode. I think I love it that it's all on the same um, 
all it's all on the island. It's only I think the third episode to do that. Uh, the flashbacks are on the island. It's you know the whole episode is a span of thirteen days total. Um, you know, and while it is what happened to Michael, I think that there was a lot more involved other than Michael. I mean, you have Echo and his new mission. You have Charlie getting rid of his demons. You have uh, the the funeral of Libby and Anna Lucia. You have Sawyer and Jack have a really tender moment. So there's just there's just all this other stuff that's happening around this one incident. And I, I really appreciated that because I think that after Michael kills Anna Lucia and Libby, he's not a very sympathetic character. And it, had they just focused on what happened to him over the last 13 days, I'm not sure that the audience would have responded well to that. So the way that they wrote this episode it actually made me more sympathetic to Michael's character by the end of it, if that makes that, any sense. No, that makes total sense. That's actually a really good point in a way I didn't really think about it is the way this episode is laid out, as you said, really does bring a little bit of sympathy to Michael's character. Because there are moments as you're watching this episode where, you know, you can see the guilt in Michael's eyes, uh, you know, from being physically nauseous about what he did to other moments where he's just not able to look people in the eye because right. of guilt. So uh, if you were to just see what he did, obviously you're right. He It's a character who you don't have any feelings for at all. You don't regret anything. You don't regret hating him for what he did, but seeing everything from, you know, from seeing Walt to, you know, to seeing Walt again, to everything that he went through in those 13 days, you're right. It really does make his character a little bit more sympathetic so that you don't automatically just despise him the whole time. Right, right. And, uh, you know, when when you get and I'm just going to jump right in here for a sec. Yeah, yeah, go for I it. I do want to talk about kind of Michael. I, I want to kick it off and talk about Michael right off the bat. Okay. Um, Michael's scene with Walt hit me in a different way than it has in the past uh, on past wa watches. And I don't know if it's because I'm a parent. I don't know if it's because we've been diving so deep into these episodes week by week, but when he saw Walt for the first time and when he was talking to him, when he couldn't touch him, when Walt runs to him, when, I mean, you can see the dis the despair and the desperation in, in his character and, and, um, um oh shoot of course it's completely uh harold perennial <laughs> yes perennial whatever um his acting really shines in this episode i think and you really feel why he did what he did um and it made me realize that i would probably go to the exact same lengths to get my ch my child back from from these people especially after learning that there's a room do you want to go back to the room um you know, my if if my son or my daughter were to run to me and hug me and say, please help me, save me, get me out of here, and they look terrified, I would I would kill people with my bare hands if it meant that I get my child back. So so I I you really become sympathetic to why he did what he did. It's inexcusable. And I love the way that he told forget if he told Claire or if he told son but they said well what happened and and he just said they were murdered so he thinks of himself that's, as a he murderer says that the son and Jin, yeah. yeah he does think of himself as a murderer and that's that's good that's good that it that he has remorse because it doesn't mean that he's too far gone that he doesn't realize um the gravity of what of, of what his actions are yeah no i agree with that completely um you know, it, I, I'm not a father, so I, I don't have kids, but I've helped to raise kids in the past. I've been with people who do have kids. So I, I do understand that when it comes to that. You know, when I was seeing people, uh, you know, when I was with my ex who had a daughter and I was the same way, I would have done anything for her the same way her mother would have done it. So, you know, I totally understand that. And there's even moments later on in the series, I think, I believe it's when he's talking to Saeed and he's telling Saeed, like, you're not coming. You're not part of the plan. There, There is a plan as to, there is a reason why he's not bringing Saeed. But a lot of truth really comes out of that conversation when he tells Saeed, like, look, man, you're not a father. 
like I'm going to do what has to be done to get my son. That that comment is kind of twofold. He's telling Saeed that one, because he doesn't want Saeed to come, but two, because this is what actually has to be done to get his son back. So again, I mean, he's saying that to Saeed for two different reasons, but I think the bigger reason of the two is because of that. Like he wants them to, it's, it's because of the, the, the lens he would go to, to rescue Walt. I kind of mum- I kind of stumbled a little bit in my point, but I think I came across. No, no, no. I think I think what you did. Yeah, I, I think what you said was right. And you know, Said Said was actually another one of my my highlights of the episode too. Is I love the fact that Said can see right through him. Um, he's just he was trained so well to detect lies and to detect deceit. And um, well, he's a red beret. Know, Right, but he puts together the case for Jack, who is incredibly naive and always at least five steps behind of everybody. I don't know. I still, to this day, do not understand why he's the leader. He is so clearly ill-equipped for the position. Um, but whatever, that's that's the role that he's playing, and that's what we're going to go with. Um, but Saeed, when he says, I think he's compromised, and then he lays out why he's compromised, and all of a sudden, Jack can see it, right? It's like... Yeah. Um, like the rose colored glasses have flown off of his face or something, you know? And I just think that we have such a, such a great cast of characters that just offer so much in, in so many different ways. And while Saeed is correct, that he's been compromised while Saeed is, is correct on the fact that Michael is everything that he is saying that he is, we can't help, but also understand that Michael has one mission and that is to retrieve his son and get off the Island and just save each of their lives. And, and there's something that is commendable about that. I don't like the way that he did it, but I'm also not saying that I don't understand it. Well, I mean, and I also think, you know, there's an interesting point. And I don't know if this is kind of tacking on to what you, you know, when you say it's commendable, you're talking about Michael's actions to to do what he needs to do to rescue Walt, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I wanted to make sure because when I went into this point, I wasn't going to, I didn't want to step on yours. Um, I think there's something a little commendable to, to Saeed's actions as well. Because he does know Michael's compromised. He gets that sense. He kind of realizes it is what it is. And when he's telling Jack about that, you know, and Jack's like, well, let's go talk to him. And Saeed's like, no, let's let this play out. I think even though it's not vocally said, I think the reason behind that is because one, they want to find out what Michael's plan is. But I think there's also a part of that is in, I think Saeed realizes Michael's compromised because of Walt. So if this is something that needs to happen in order to get Walt back, maybe they can kill two birds with one stone. If they, mm-hmm. c- if he confronts Michael on this plan and the plan doesn't happen, then he's lost his shot at getting Walt. But maybe they can follow Michael, realize what the plan is, stop it, but also still get Walt back at the same time. It's so, so funny to me, too, because... I I feel like if Michael went back and just was really honest with them about, listen, this is what they've told me. This is what, because he had no rules. They didn't say you have to kill everybody or you have to spin this tale. They said, get, get our guy back and bring these people with you and we'll let you have your son. If he, if Michael had just shown up at the hatch and said everything that had happened to him, my guess is that everybody would be like, okay, let's do this. That's fine. The four of us will go. Everybody gets to live. Well, um, uh, yes and no. I, I think one, Jack it's- wants to confront them. They all mm. want to confront the others anyways, and they all want Walt back, and they've promised to do everything to get Walt back. And really, having Henry Gale there has been nothing but trouble. So let's bring him. Let's sit down and talk to these others. Let's get Walt back, and we'll take it from there. And why is why are you know the four of us why you know why why are these four people on the list? Why don't you tell us that? Well, I mean, and again, yes, I think yes and no to that. I think, and this is I'm, I apologize ahead of time for anybody because um, you know uh, about going off on Jack a little bit, but I feel like <laughs> one, it's it's 
it's I think it, it's a little bit of two different things. One, I think Michael is doing what he's doing out of desperation. He feels like this is what needs to be done. He's going to do it the way this happened. But I think you're, I, I also think you're right. He could have approached the group. But approaching the group, and I think this is something that Michael saw as well, is that if he went to Jack and said, the four of you need to be here in order for me to get Walt back, I don't think Jack would go along with it. I think Jack would be like, well, no, this is what they want, so we're not going to do this. We're going to do this my way. And it's it's going to, it's, it's going to contradict and kind of, it's going to ruin the plan. I- yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but at the same at the same time, Jack did say, no, this is what we're going to do. And Michael came back and said, no, this is my son. We are doing this my way. And Jack, Jack relented. And he said, okay, you're right. We're going to do it your way. So I think with that scene and knowing that Jack would have at least softened to it if, if Michael said, no, this is my son. This is my plan. We are doing it my way. That I, th- I, I think that being honest about the entire situation would have been better in the end for everybody. So if he told him the truth at that point, maybe not from the beginning, but after knowing that Jack was willing to go along, he, maybe then it would have changed things a little differently? No, not after killing two people. I think that if if he would have just come back and not killed two people and been honest with them, he's like, they're living in tents, man. There's only women and children there. We'll be fine. And you're like, you're already lying. Well, but here, like, well, he started off lying. He didn't have to start off by lying. He just didn't. He could have said he saw Walt. Well, but here's the thing. The only thing he lied about was seeing Walt. Because when he told, when he came back and he told them they were living in tents, he saw a hatch. There were only two guns. That's what he saw. Yeah, he but wasn't there were lying about very, that. there were, yeah, but it wasn't just old people and children. It, there were very readily abled people that were there okay so there were two lies but but i mean and that's one of the notes that i actually have too is that mr friendly aka zeke and these others this like he saw the the, michael saw what they wanted him to see which shows i mean we don't was a decoy village yeah i mean we don't know that yet from a viewer's point of view uh, upon a first watch because there's so much more that we get to see next season (coughs) <coughs> so as first time viewers we're led to believe that what Michael saw is actually the case this is right. really all they are but they as we are going to find out Michael saw what he needed to see or what they wanted him to see well that wasn't even a hatch it's is it not a hatch I don't remember that it's not a hatch no it's they're, they're just doors that lead to nowhere I couldn't remember that. And for the life of me, I when I both times I watched this episode, I was trying to remember, okay, what hatch was that? Saeed goes back and he opens up the doors and it's just mountain. Oh, so it's a okay. slab of rock or whatever. That makes sense now because I couldn't remember what the rectangle Dharma logo was and now it was nothing. It was nothing. The whole thing was nothing. It was all an act. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. The whole thing, the whole village is, is, is like you said, it's a decoy. Right. So going, you know, like I said, into showing Michael what they wanted him to see. So, right. But I mean, again, you know, going a little bit further into Michael's plan and coming back, uh, this was something I didn't realize until rewatching this episode. It was something I had, I had forgotten was that Ben wasn't part of the plan at all. Miss Clue didn't tell him they needed he need, Michael needed to rescue Ben. All she said was those four people needed to be brought to them. She said, "Bring our man back." Did she? She said, "Yeah, How she did." did. I miss that the, twice. The four people. So the four people. The list of people was only after he had seen Walt, and she said, "Okay, so now because she caught him, she took advantage of his emotional state after seeing Walt and and his distress, and said, okay, listen, uh, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing, and and we'll let you leave forever.'" When she said one more thing, it's because she had already said, "You're going to go, and you're going to get our man back." Because things had developed. Remember, she said things have taken a turn, and that's uh, right. Your people have one of one of our people, so we need you to go and get them. And if you can get him back, then we'll let you have Walt back. And then she said, "Oh, and then, 
And then she said at the end, after he saw Walt, because he was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to see my son now. I thought that was an incredible scene, by the way. Very, very well done. Yeah, I thought that was a great scene. I think everybody in that scene, including Michael and Walt, were like phenomenal actors. Yeah, absolutely. I love, yeah, I I could have watched that a couple more times. That was very, very good. You know, Harold Perineal is an amazing actor, period. Oh yeah, he was wonderful as Mercutio in in Romeo and Juliet. Was that the um, the one with Leonardo? The, the, the one with yeah, okay. He was fantastic as Mercutio. He was my favorite part of that movie. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. You should watch it. I, it's good. I'm I'm not gonna lie, but I mean, I liked him uh, in the Matrix movies. He was great. Oh yeah, he, he was. He was really good. He took over. Um, he was. Uh, he was also in. Uh, for anybody who's seen it, uh, me being a DC fan, he was in uh, the first season of Constantine, uh, which oh, was cool. the CBS TV show, which unfortunately didn't get a second season. But he was great in that too. So yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff, and he really is a great actor. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and that scene is is really is is really hardcore when it comes to like emotional wise but i can't believe i watched this episode twice and i m- both times i missed you need to get our man back both times i <laughs> missed okay. it that's okay i think it, it happened i think it was because i was drawn in by the emotion of that scene mm-hmm. you know with everything that's going on i just i got drawn into it so but so let's talk a little bit about uh, about Walt in that scene because I want to pose okay. I want to pose a question to you. Okay, Walt, I like it. Walt says to to Michael, you know, they're you know, when all of a sudden he comes out and he says they're lying, uh, you know, none of this is real, and then you know, Miss Clue says to him, like, do you want to go back into the room? Do you think this was Mike? This was Walt playing along to get Michael to do what they needed him to do. Or do you think this was really him saying, no, this is not real. Like, don't don't pay attention to them. Because there's a part of me that believes that may, as smart as the others are, Walt was encouraged to do that by them to build the emotion in Michael. Because we're finding no, out. I think that I think that Walt was absolutely in that room. Room 23 is what it is. I believe that he was in that room, but I'm talking about the outburst of saying like, none of this is real. You you know, do you think that that was really an outburst or do you think the others got Walt to do that? No, I think that that was, I think that that was Walt trying to do something for his dad, trying to get him to help him. I think that Walt's at, at the heart of it. He's a child. He's a child and he's scared and he wants his dad and and he doesn't want to be with these strangers anymore. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying But that you know, that's just me. I I don't know. I mean, you could be right too. Well, that's the thing. I don't think I am. I believe more in what you said. I think it's more uh, that this was a, a frightened child reaching out to his father. But I just Right. Uh, you know, I was just curious as to if I was the but I could see it going the other way if it did. Um but I'm just, I, I don't, I just, I was just curious what your perspective of the whole point of view was. That's all. No, I, yeah, I took it. I, I took it as exactly what it was that he was scared. Uh, you know, he talked about taking tests. He, he, it, and, and we've gotten clues in the past couple of episodes that maybe what, what they're going through the, the, the losties, what they're going through is all a facade. I mean, they saw, uh, just last week, they saw the second Dharma station where um, Locke and Echo discovered that they were being uh, monitored by a different station. Now, whether or not that meant that, you know, the hatch was real or this this monitoring station was real, it creates it creates the story and the narrative that there is something else that's happening on this island that they're not aware of and that they're only getting, you know, in breadcrumbs and, and little pieces. So, you know, as an audience member, we get, you know, okay, there's a second Dharma station, there's this weird map, there's this guy that's talking about some other big boss that, you know, could kill him. Um, you know, there's a black smoke monster, there's all these weird people that are, but 
there's also this locker room with with costumes and beard glue. And then there's a guy that's taking the pregnant women. I mean, when you think about everything that's been happening, when Walt finally says this place isn't real or or this is all fake or whatever. I mean, at this point, you'll believe anything after everything that you've seen on the island. Right. Yeah. I mean, clearly there is something that's happening that everybody is woefully unprepared for. Well, I mean, and I don't know. And, and well, no, and I agree with everything you said. But as we find out a little bit later, too, again, going into spoiler territory, you know how there's, you know, the there's these other hatches and, you know, they're being monitored. You're led to believe as a viewer that there's something else going on. But what we do find out later is that there at this point in time, there is nothing else going on. But at one point in time, there was. Right. This is residual right, 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 right. of what used to be on the island. Right. So, but you don't know that yet. Which you? incidentally was everybody that's still on the island. So, you know. <laughs> um, to a degree. Because the others kind of wipe them out and take their place. No, I, I understand that. What I'm saying is, is like people like James Ford, a.k.a. Sawyer, that are responsible for the incident. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. Right? So it, it's like this weird cycle. Like they want that. It, it just, I don't know. You, you could, we could probably talk about no, it's, it, to sum, that for a while. To, but to, to you, sum it up very shortly and very easily, the people responsible for the, for the incident on the island don't get to the island until after the incident. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing just sounds silly to say it out loud, but that's in a nutshell, that's correct. That's pretty much the truth. That's pretty much what it is. Um, I want to go, and then I'll turn it back over to you, but I want to talk a little bit sure. about uh, Michael's path to getting to Walt. Um, you know, we talk about how there's really, you know, it, it's it's a great episode, but they're really, we, we, neither one of us really have a lot of notes. And this episode, to the truest sense, is a filler episode. And not in the sense, you know, when you say that for other series, like this is just an episode they threw in there to fill out the season. No, this really is a filler episode. This fills in a lot of holes over these 13 days of seeing some other sides of some events that we've already seen. Ah, so it's it's what a filler episode should really mean, you're saying? Yes. Exactly. This is what we should get when you say this is a filler episode. Right. Um, (laughs) A meanwhile, if you will. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, You know, so we see after uh, Michael has left the hatch after, you know, hitting uh, Locke with the butt of the gun, putting Jack into the into the armory and then leaving. We see him approaching, uh, you know, one of the others. Uh, in the woods. Now, here's my uh, here's another question I'm going to pose to you. Was he waiting there for Michael or did Michael really come upon him as he was relieving himself? Uh, I know. I think I, he came up. I think he was waiting for Michael. Yeah. I mean, he told him where to go. That wasn't Walt typing to Michael. Yeah, that's true. OK, so that just kind of furthers further uh, strengthens my point. Yeah, uh, that, ben, I think- ben knew about the computer. You know, when he was there, he knew he knew that he could use the computer. Probably typed in the computer and and sent word that he was where he was, which is why Michael came back. Yeah, during the no. the hatch lockdown. I mean, and even going to the point, you know, so much so the the of them having Michael as a hostage after they take Kate as a hostage, and we go back to like this is the line that whole this is the line speech. Right, right. Um, you know, this is our island speech, which is still one of my favorite scenes from this season. Uh, you know, and now we're seeing the whole other side of that. And we're getting to see Alex again for the second time, only the second time in this series. Such as such an interesting character too. I'm I'm happy that we're about to get more of her. Oh, we're gonna get so much more of her next season. Right. I'm just happy that we're we are gonna get more of her because she is she's a fantastic character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think that's pretty much it. I would, I just wanted to get to that point as to whether or not you believed he was waiting or if Michael really came upon him. But well, so I have a question for you. Okay. Um, uh, unless you want to keep going with. No, I, I was just going to say it. Just it, it furthers that these guys knew exactly what they were doing. Every oh, part yeah. of this was part of a plan. Hmm. Oh, so. yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Um, so here's my question to you. This is, what do you think about Echo's 
story to Michael. Do you think that Echo knows that Michael is the ultimate is is ultimately the villain in this in in what's going on with them right now? I mean, he tells a story about the rabbit dog who he who the boy protects his sister and kills the rabid dog or, ki- or kills the vicious dog. And he's not sorry for killing the dog, but what he's most fearful for is if he were to go to hell, that the dog is waiting there for his revenge. Can I tell you too, before I answer this question, that is a fantastic story. Yes. That was so intriguing that I loved hearing it both times rewatching this episode. Yeah, but anything that Echo says, I'm, I, I like just, cling on to just that actor and and the character that he developed no (laughs) all right go ahead continue (laughs) (laughs) i will not i will not i just like you're like no (laughs) (laughs) um so but anything that he says i'm like oh he's gonna say something cool Everybody shut up. He's about to say something amazing. <laughs> Echo is about to speak. Yeah, I, even when Charlie like like walks away from him and says, get your own stuff. I'm like, you do not talk to Mr. Echo that way. <laughs> You're a monster. Well, can I can I just say, too, that in that scene uh, when, you know, Michael asks, like, how come he's there? Or no, I, I didn't hear you coming. It's just so engaging and yet charming at the same time when he says, I left my shoes outside. They were muddy. I like, know. He's just so cute. It's like he's so polite at the same I time, know. too. And I, I love know. it. I like it. He goes, hello. <laughs> um, well, but what do you think? Do you think that Echo knows? What I'm saying is, did Echo maybe see footage of what was I, going on? I don't think Echo knows that Michael killed Anna Lucia and and Libby. I think I think he's intuitive enough to realize that Michael has guilt about something. Um just in the way that he's behaving cuz Echo it really is Or maybe intuitive. that he's setting up to betray yeah, His or friends. maybe or maybe that he's thinking of doing something like he know I think Echo senses that there's something there, mm-hmm. uh, whether he's done something or he's planning to do something. And this is his way of kind of either talking him out of it or making him second guess it or second or, or think about it again. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily believe Echo knows that he what he did. But I think that he I, I but I do believe that he knows he did something. Or mm-hmm. he's about to do something. Okay, and that's the yeah. Reason it was for just such story. an it was such an interesting story for such a normal interaction. You know, hey Echo, you used to be a priest, or you are a priest. Do you think that hell exists? And it's just he tells this story that is just kind of you know it's chilling for somebody who just killed two people. Um. Yeah, I think I don't Echo know. Rea- I just it, it definitely raises a red flag. I think Echo realizes in that question, like, why would you ask somebody if you believe hell exists if there's not a deep thought that maybe you might be there or that that's well, where especially you're going. given how many people that Echo has killed and and the past that that character specifically has, and maybe the demons that he has struggled with in the past, he sees those demons being uh, those demons torturing Michael in a way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I believe in, I believe Echo knows in that question, you know, is, do you believe in hell uh, that Michael has done or is planning to do something? And he's just kind of mm-hmm. trying to make him think about his decision either before or after it's already happened. So, okay. That's, that's, that's I my have the take. same thought. Okay. That, yeah. That's my take on it. So yeah. I don't think, I don't think he knows exactly what he did because I don't think, how would he? Well, I don't know. I, I assume that Echo knows everything much like Saeed. I think that Saeed and, and Echo could have like a cop show on the island <laughs> and solve all the crime and all the mysteries between the two of them. No, instead he gets up with he gets partnered with Robin Tunney on that show that's on uh, ABC right now. The Passage. Oh, not The Passage. That's it's not, not the called passage. The Passage. What's it called? I, I don't remember. I forget. 
me too. I only saw like the first two episodes, I think. Uh, uh, it, no, that's not the in-between. That's something different. Um, I don't remember what it's called. That's all right. <laughs> As I'm like quietly trying to look it up to see what it I is. I know. We've done, we've done just fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, it's fine. But yeah, it's I, I, I do think. Oh, The Fix. That's what it is. The Fix. Yes. Um. So what's something I, I have other there's some other stuff on my on our notes on my notes that we haven't gotten to yet, but I want to turn it back over to you to see if there's anything you want to do. The only other thing that I have is that um it's really nice to see Charlie letting go of his yes. demons in this episode. Um, you know, it looks like he's gonna the first tentative steps to Claire and Charlie are starting to kind of reform. Um, Charlie seems to be getting his his uh, his personality back. You know, when he kicked heroin the first time on the on the island, he was wonderful. He was charming and he was so kind and he was loving. And then, you know, his demons took over him. <clears throat> Excuse me. His demons took over him, and he became that wanker again. <laughs> and now. Nice and British now term. that he, <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> and now that he's gotten clean again, and he's found some purpose through Echo in the church, and he's kind of distanced himself from the things that he's done to other people on the island, his attack on Sun, namely. Um, it was just so fitting that in this episode, he takes he takes those statues that Vincent thought was a squeaker toy, and um chucks it all in the ocean and he does it on his own. He does it the way that he needs to do it. And it was just for him. And it was almost sullied, I think by discovering that Locke was watching the whole time, almost like, you know, man, this was supposed to just be for me, you know, and now somebody else is involved. Now it's nice because Locke has been so disapproving of Charlie and his recent behavior, but at the same time, it would have been okay if it was just something that only Charlie did. Well, and, and I do agree with that too, but I want to actually further that point because I do have a note about that. Um, and uh, first off, I love the fact that when Vincent brings him the statue, he's just like, are you kidding me? He's like, who, did somebody put you up to this? <laughs> yeah, did somebody put you up to this? <laughs> um, but I, I actually, I really do like Charlie this episode. I mean, from giving Claire the vaccine, which... She does need for her and Aaron, but Charlie doesn't know that. He's just like instinctively right. giving her this vaccine because he figures if anybody could use it, it's a baby. Like it's her and the baby. Um, well, and it also proves that those two are still his first thought for yes. anything is their welfare and their well-being. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, That's love. You know, and seeing Claire reach out to Charlie during the funeral to take his hand. Uh, you know, was such a beautiful scene because, you know, I, I think it makes Claire kind of realize that, like, look, these two characters are gone. Um, you know, life's too short for this kind of thing, you know, to hold this kind of grudge. He's obviously changing. You know, we're going to see where this goes. So uh, all of that can be spoken in just a matter of a gesture. But I, I want to go back to Charlie throwing the statues in into the ocean and Locke seeing that because I want to kind of shift it to Locke's point of view for a second. Okay. Do we, we, we talked about this last week in, you know, echo kind of being the one to restore Locke's faith a little bit that he had lost. Do we think that him, because this is the way I saw it. I kind of saw it as in him seeing Charlie on his own, giving up this crutch that he had, really encourage Locke to give up his own. Oh, yes. That's excellent. That's excellent. Yes, absolutely. That's a great, great point. He wasn't using heroin. It was basically a crutch. And he even admitted that at one point, that having it there made him feel more comfortable. He never planned on using it. So Locke, this is kind of a little bit of a rest. Who chastised him for doing that. Yeah. Like Locke realized that he's been relying on these crutches when he knows deep down he's going to be fine. So during that funeral, when everybody else is at the funeral, what does Locke do? He cuts off the splint and he leaves the crutches behind. 
He has yeah. left his own crutch, which, funny enough, was an actual crutch. <laughs> right. That's excellent. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think I think that that's absolutely true. So it wasn't for Charlie. That moment wasn't for Charlie. That moment was for Locke, which I like. I like that better well, I think, because I think Charlie. It was for both of them. Well, for yes, Charlie doing that was not to show Locke anything. Is what I'm saying. Yes. He wasn't. He was only doing that for for him to say I don't need this anymore. I have no. And in fact, it's almost like. He sees them and he's like, no, 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 this won't do. We, we have to get rid of it. You know? Yeah. Um, I've, I've done, I've gone this long without them in my life. I can go forever. Right. But it's like uh, old Charlie, you know, two weeks ago, Charlie in Island time would have buried yeah. them out in the jungle somewhere. He is, he is adamant about getting back what he lost he wants his island family back he wants his fresh start back he wants to be able to be the man that he wants to be for claire and aaron and i love it that that it wasn't even a second thought to him and he even like vincent comes up with it and he's like you've got to be kidding me right now <laughs> you know it wasn't oh what is this vincent you know and he didn't stare at it for too long he's just like where'd you get this who's putting who's putting you on to do this you know he's like this this is this is insane this is insanity <laughs> well i think it's because like he's like i said he's gotten along without them he's they've they've been removed from his life right. and he's been fine so right. for them to suddenly come back in his life like you put it He's not going to have it. And he no. just gets rid of them for good. And he's about to get his, you know, a couple of best friends, you know, so it'll be fine because uh, somebody's boat has arrived at the end yes. of the episode. And da, can, I da, 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 da. <laughs> can I just say on that note, did Sun suddenly forget English? Why? Because her reaction is boat. That's what I would get out of Jin if Jin had seen it. Like Jin would be boat because that's the only word he knows. But Sun can't say, look, there's a boat. She says boat. Did she well, suddenly forget English? Okay. I I see what you're saying, but I think that they're at a funeral. <laughs> they're saying goodbye to two people. It's a somber occasion. Maybe she doesn't want to like completely take over everything. And I think she's so used to talking to Jin at this point that she's been using small English words probably just to help him. Okay. Those two right, are no, only I, about each other right now, right? I, I I can see that. But, you know, like even if the first time she went, boat just to kind of bring people's attention and then as soon as they look she could be like there's a boat like no it's like boat 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 like she forgot english well i would forget uh, my name if i saw a boat after all that time <laughs> but you're not saying your name uh, i get understand. your point i get your I understand point. but you know i look I, everybody's doing weird stuff on this island all right yeah, I, I get your. I know. I I totally get your point. Trust me. I just found it funny that I thought she forgot English for a minute. She probably did. She might have. She might have been I would overcome be so, with would, yeah curiosity. It's like seeing a plane or a boat or anything that could have rescue potential. I yeah, I would be like uh 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 like at the beginning of this episode, you were like, "What's the final? What, what's the final episode?" Uh, I don't know. So yeah, and we we know that that boat's going to come into play next episode in the finale too. So. Uh, in multiple ways, because as you mentioned, a particular somebody who is on that boat. Yay! Uh, and then we know that uh, Jin and Sun end up using that boat along with Saeed for another purpose. Yay! <laughs> I'm just um, really glad that Desmond's back. I'm so glad that Desmond's He's back. He, oh, God. Like you said, like him and Charlie, like the Charlie... Hurley relationship is fantastic. The Charlie Claire relationship is beautiful, but the Charlie Desmond relationship is one of my favorites. It's awesome. Desmond I, with anybody. I I'm just so excited. Desmond's back. Me too. Cause he's a Can't fantastic wait. character. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have anything else on your notes? I have a couple I more things, but I want to Okay. Then um, if you don't mind, I'll just bring up a couple more things that I have on mine. Um, you know, we were talking about the funerals at the end, and, uh, you know, I want to dive into Hurley's uh, speech about Libby for a second. And 
you know, when he says like she was a psychologist or a psychiatrist, uh, either way, she she helped people. It really that scene alone really makes you realize that as close as we believe these people to be, this still has only been a short period of time. And they still a lot of these people still don't know each other. They don't know each other as well as we would believe them to at this point. Well, is it that they don't know each other or does all that stuff really not matter? I think it's, I think what it's matters a combination is who of who we both. are as yeah. people, right? It doesn't matter what we did or what we do for a living. It doesn't matter the money we make. It doesn't matter the things that we have. It matters who we are as, as, as people, right? And that's what you learn in, in desperate and, and trying times like this is who people really are at, at its core. Yeah, that's a good point. He knew she helped people. She was a good person. And that's she all that. And me. that's all I that really mattered liked to him. Her. That's all that matters. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I, I don't know. That's that's the way I take it. No, I like that. I think that's a good way to look at it. Um, two more things that I, I want to bring up. Uh, I want to talk about the names on the list that um, you know Miss Clue gives to Michael. We know that it's Jack, Kate. Sawyer and Hurley, uh, a very, Candidates. there is a, well, not just that, but there's a little bit of a tie in with these four characters and Walt. She asks Walt or she asks Michael if he's ever seen Walt like in visions and in such a way, like when, when Walt wasn't around the four people on that list are four people who have had visions on the Island. They are the only four people who have had visions on the island. Jack had visions of his father. Hurley had visions of Dave. And Kate and Jack Sawyer have both had visions of that horse. Yeah, but Saeed saw Walt. Oh, that's true. All right, forget what I said. I thought it was an interesting tie-in, but you're right. Saeed uh, also had visions of Walt. As did Shannon. And Saeed wasn't around. allowed to come. <laughs> that's true all right okay no that's a good point so that completely wipes away sorry. that theory no it's fine. i'm so that's, sorry okay don't be sorry that's why we do this i <clears throat> know but I, I i didn't mean to be a naysayer no it's fine um the last point i want to make uh and this is something you and i talked about while we were prepping for this so i i'm sure you might have some things to say about it too i we've we've talked a lot lately about the Jack and Sawyer dynamic, especially last week we talked about like how Sawyer really does have a heart. The speech in the hatch, that moment with Jack and Sawyer, when Sawyer says to Jack, I didn't even know her last name. And he's talking about Anna Lucia and he goes into the whole, how I'm like, I, I screwed her. Uh, you know, we got caught in a net. I love how that's a euphemism. Um, but when he turns to Jack and says, you're the closest thing I've got to a friend because she's gone. Like I, if, if I didn't already love Sawyer, which I do, I would now after that, Bec yeah. because every bit of heart that he has, like, I think it's gotten to a point with Sawyer. Now I think this is, we've talked about like switches in these characters that flip on and off. We've gotten a switch. I've, the death of Anna Lucia and Libby has flipped a switch in Sawyer. And I'm really mm -hmm. starting to see that now. We saw it last week in him not hesitating to go get the heroin that Jack needed to put Libby at ease. Uh, and now we're seeing it even more is that Sawyer starting to realize these are his friends. Whether he likes it or not, mm -hmm. he is with these people. These are his friends. These are his new family. He's now accepted it because he felt a loss for the first time. Yeah. Well, and I hope that I, I can't remember what happens with, with, with these two characters and their dynamic, but I feel like Jack needs to relax a little bit and stop hating Sawyer because I, if, if I was somebody that had so much hatred towards another person like Jack does towards Sawyer in so many different ways so far, and Sawyer comes back and says, you're the closest thing I have to a friend. I mean, that would immediately humble me. Well, I've, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that Jack has any humility. I really I, I don't think he does. 
Um, it's quite arrogant, man. I would just hope that this would stop him in his tracks a little bit and be like, oh, you consider me a well, friend. I think, huh, maybe I should be better I to you. I think in that scene, the look on Jack's face, I think he is kind of stopped in his tracks a little bit. I don't think he ever, which is great. I don't think he ever expected to hear the word friend come out of Sawyer's mouth addressing to him. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Because right. of the, the dynamic that they have. But, you know, uh, it goes to show you too, like sometimes, and I've had this happen in my life too, that sometimes your greatest enemies can become your greatest allies and friends. I mean, mm -hmm. in high school, like a personal story for me in high school, I had somebody that, you know, I, I, I was, I was picked on a little bit in high school and stuff. Um, you know, I had somebody who I, I had one person and I won't mention full names <laughs> by chance, small chance. He even listens to this. Um, you know, but I had somebody, uh, his name is Joe, who picked on me quite a bit. And it took me finally standing up to him. And we became amazing friends after that, you know, because of that. And that it's kind of the Sawyer Jack dynamic is that, you know, sometimes the worst enemies can become the greatest allies. And I think that we might have seen maybe a seed of that planted in that moment. Right. And we're going to see more of that in, in the next episode. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they're going to stand so, together. Yeah. Yep. So, Live together, die Damn right. Um, so, yeah. But that's everything I have uh, in my notes for this episode as well. So Yeah, I'm good, too. I can't wait for the finale. Oh, God, I know. I might even watch it later tonight. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm probably. not gonna lie, because uh, I'm looking forward. To, this is I know "Live Together, Die Alone." I think is arguably one of the best finales, one of the best season finales this show has had uh, over mm -hmm. the course of six. Great, seasons. I can't wait. So cannot wait. We will we will talk about that a little bit, uh, obviously next week. But we do have some feedback this week. No voicemail from our buddy Steve this week. I was kind of surprised. Oh yeah, that's so sad. I'm so sad to hear that. I, well, you know he. He's so faithful with so many podcasts that he's probably there's a lot of TV that's on right now. And it's just, you know, yeah, that's I mean, like, look, he's left us a voicemail every episode, I think, from the um, practically the beginning of this episode. So uh, or from this podcast. So he's he's forgiven. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Miss you, Steve. Absolutely. We'll hear from him. Again. Miss hearing your voice, my friend. <laughs> Uh, but we do have two other forms of voicemail. Before we do that, though, we want to let you know of ways that you can leave us feedback, especially for this finale, because I, I want to try and get as many listeners out there. If you've never left us feedback before, now's the time to do it for this finale. I, I want to get as much feedback as possible for this finale. So... Uh, multiple ways you can do that though. First and foremost, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Instagram at lost revisited pod. You can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address. Uh, two pieces of feedback, as we had mentioned, the first one being from our buddy Des and our friend Gemma has left us some Facebook feedback as well. So oh, cool. uh, what's uh, I'll start with Gemma this time since we okay. started with Des last week. Uh, Gemma Hall says, I'm on vacation, but all I remember from this is Saeed saying to Jack, Michael has been compromised due to his fishy behavior. Saeed only uh, one astute enough to figure it out. Might have something to do with, I can only take you people back with me and Saeed, you're not invited. I do love Saeed though. At the time, I was like, why only these certain people? But you find out why in season three. My favorite, Sawyer, sweaty in a cage time. <laughs> <laughs> Which we do indeed get next season. I like it. <laughs> Me too, Gemma. Me too. Uh, but thanks, Gemma. Thanks for the feedback. Yeah, so. thanks. I love I love hearing from her. She's adorable. Uh, uh, the next, yeah, the last it. one is from Des Combs. Uh <laughs> the email is titled <laughs> subject three minutes or fuck you, Michael. <laughs> I just thought that was great. <laughs> oh, I gotta love All this. right. So Des says, okay, I don't know if it makes me a bad father and I would do pretty much anything for my kids, but murder isn't one of them. Oh, sorry, Xander. Self-defense <laughs> is one thing, but 
Anna broken and defenseless, and he killed her and Libby. I'm not sure if his instructions were to kill whoever was there, do what he had to do, or if Anna was actually targeted because of Goodwin. I know Jack doesn't have any reason at this point not to believe Michael, but when he demands Hurley goes and not Saeed, that should have been a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> he supposedly wants to sneak in. Hurley? Nope. He doesn't sneak in anywhere. How many times have we seen the poor guy with his face in the sand already? <laughs> <laughs> The scene between Echo and Michael was interesting. I kind of got the feeling that Echo suspected something but didn't call him on it. Yes, me too. It's interesting how Miss Clue, Clue or Clue, I think it's whatever. Yeah. Her name's B. <laughs> sounded <laughs> just like his ex-lawyer. For someone who wants his son back so badly, you don't seem to know much about him, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. One good thing about this episode, it's setting us up not to see very much more of Michael. So very done with this character. We're not completely done with Michael yet, though. So as we're going to find out later. But I mean, we're, we're yeah. going to be without him for a while. So. Which is good. Which I, I think we all need a break at this point. Um, you know, especially after he did murder two characters, which which is awful I, I i completely agree i i just and and you probably very much disagreed with what i said earlier in in our episode discussion des i i can't i cannot stress enough that i would do anything anything at all to get my kids back i i really do i i really do believe that i i could go to the lengths that Michael did. I'm not proud to say it i'm not proud of it at all it's not a color that i would really think I, I, I could allow myself to be right. Not a good color on me it is, is to be willing to kill somebody uh, to get my children back. But I'm also not going to say that I'm not going to do it. I can see how somebody could be resorted to those, to those measures. I could see it too. I mean, it, it, it's a difficult thing to say if you're not in that situation, you know, it's it, right. To, uh, you don't want to murder somebody, like you said, like the, to, like Des said, going to the lengths of murdering someone for your child. Like it's it's one thing to be able to say, like, no, I would never murder somebody because morally, that's what you believe. I would never do that. But if you're in a situation where it's somebody else's life for the or the life of your child, I think you might think a little differently. Yeah, I mean, I hope I'm never, ever, ever in that put in that position. Ever. But, you know, I could see myself going Rick Grimes on somebody and, and physically, you know, biting out someone's jugular. No problem. Yeah, for your... So, who knows? Yeah, for the protection of your child? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, who knows? I Honestly, who knows what, what we're all actually capable of? Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think we're, we know until we're, we're in those situations. And hopefully... No, it's a good thought experiment. But hopefully nobody I know or any of our listeners uh, are ever put in that situation because that's not a fun situation to be in. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Um, so, hey, two things. Uh, one thing, one more thing I want to mention real quick before we get out of here, too. And we got to figure this out. Uh, we not only have one thing to give away now, we have two. Uh, we, we have that bad twin book that we got that we're, that we're going to give away in 1.2. But in addition to that, the lovely folks over at NBC found out about us, uh, covering manifest the first season of manifest. So they sent us a copy of the first season on DVD. Yay. Which is That's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So we're going to use this as a giveaway at some point. So, um, if you're interested in either one, send us, shoot us an email or message us on Facebook. Let us know some ways that you would like us to potentially give these away. And uh, we're going to do that. I'd like to do it in between seasons two and three, uh, but we'll see. So uh, we'll figure it out. At some point over the summer, we'll find a way to give them away. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe one of them could be dependent on the feedback we get for the finale next week. Ooh, you know what? That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. So uh, when you leave us our feedback, when you leave us feedback, whether it's an email, Facebook message, or voicemail, uh, let us know if you'd be interested in one of them because who knows? If we get enough feedback next week, we might just give them away to some people who gave feedback. That'd be fun. That'd be a good yeah. idea. Um, other than that, I've really got nothing else. Anything from, from you on your end? No, I'm good. All right. 
simple enough. A person of few words, which you're not, but at this point. <laughs> Sorry. He's so uh, cool. funny. I know, right? So, uh, all right. So next week, as we mentioned, Live Together, Die Alone, two-part finale. We're going to discuss that uh, and hopefully give away one or two of these prizes next week. But I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye-bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>